So, is Jesus a capitalist? Does this story teach us that God is an investor and we're just supposed to be coming up with our best money-making schemes to get into heaven? That the one who gets the most interest wins? That if you're not prosperous, you're going to hell? I don't think so. While much that is written about this parable focuses on money and resources, there are other ways in, too. I think the most obvious one, and the one that came to mind for me as I first read this parable this week, is that God, the man going on a journey, is not asking us to make money, but to use our talents and strengths for the benefit of our siblings. God is asking us not to keep all those amazing, sparkling parts of our personalities to ourselves, but to share them for the good of the world. I think this is an important lesson, especially for those moments when we feel unworthy. We limit ourselves all the time. We don't believe in our talents. We can't see what we have. We don't use our resources but hide them, and then they're no good to us or anyone else. But this also feels too simple. What else is here? What I came across in my reading multiple times that really spoke to me today in the middle of a pandemic is this. This parable is all about fear. I don't know about you, but I am full of fear these days. I am afraid for my children, for what they are growing up into. I am afraid for myself, for my work, that I'm just not getting anywhere. I am afraid for my congregations, that they won't be able to grow, that the communities will start to feel less and less connected. I am afraid for our country, that we are retreating into our corners and forgetting how to work through problems together. I am afraid the sin of racism is spreading and not retreating. I am afraid the destruction of the economy by the coronavirus will be so total that we will never recover. And I'm afraid every time I go out that I've forgotten my hand sanitizer, that people will stand too close, that maybe I should have gotten a different kind of mask. A Google search will return numerous articles about the pandemic and fear. One early article was titled, COVID-19, How to Escape the Pandemic of Fear. The CDC even has a page dedicated to mental health in the pandemic. Reading these from months down the line, I can say that sometimes we have not been able to escape the pandemic of fear. Sometimes we have individually and collectively had meltdowns. Some days the world has seemed surreal and strange and everything has felt improbable at best and impossible at worst. And it all threatens to add up to an action. I can keep my kids in the house, 
give up on projects I want to do, just stick to the basics at church, I can let go of dreams. I can keep what I have to myself. Sure, I can. But this will likely get me about as far as the third servant who buried the talent he was given. Why does this make God so angry? I think it's because our God is a God of possibility. Now, this is a concept I'm obsessed with, so forgive me, but hear me out. God does not want us to live in fear, but in hope. The money the man going on a journey leaves with his servants represents so many possibilities, so many good things that could come into being. Our strengths and traits represent so many possibilities, so many good things that could come into being. The worst thing we can do for those possibilities is to live in fear, to hide our strengths, to bury our resources. Now is the time more than ever to try new things, to be bold. The craziest dream might just not be too crazy right now while everything is different while everything is changed. We don't know what is coming next, and that is terrifying. What has already occurred is also terrifying. There has been so much death, so much illness, so much worsening of gaps in privilege and power, and so much of it preventable. We have collectively made mistakes. Our government has made mistakes. I personally have not been 100% perfect in my handling of this crisis. But the possibilities are out there. We can show care to our neighbors like we have been through Project Sandwich and we are about to do through the ingathering. At the beginning of Project Sandwich, I was terrified. Was this safe, I wondered? Were our precautions enough? Should we just not try to help our unhoused neighbors because of the risk? But we proceeded as faithfully as we could and we fed many, many hungry people. We're organizing a COVID-safe welcome breakfast for newly homeless neighbors as more and more folks are losing their housing. It's a small gesture of solidarity in the face of a huge problem, but it's something our unhoused friends asked for and it's something we can joyfully try, reaching out instead of staying paralyzed. I am seized with a ridiculous, unwarranted hope. It feels silly right now, hope. It feels out of place. It feels complicated and painful. It feels naive and maybe even misguided. But I say go for it. We believe in the good news, after all. Jesus is risen. That is a pretty improbable possibility. Our faith is not just meant for those moments when things are easy and the path is clear. Our faith is meant for this moment where nothing is certain and the danger is very, very real. So let's take from this parable a lesson that's not about investments or cash but about the way we choose to live our lives, 
a lesson that's not simply about using our talents to the greater good, but the spirit in which we act. I'm living in this wild reality where against all odds, Jesus lives. And so does hope. And so does hope.